beautiful. Thank you. Just wanted to bask in that for a little bit. That's beautiful. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, choir. Will you pray with me? Oh God, the grass withers, the flower fades, but your word endures. Help us to hear this sacred hour, what you need us to hear. Plant it deeply in our hearts that we might not just be hearers of the word, but doers as well. In your name we pray, amen. About 22 years ago, I was, uh, while we were serving at Central in Meridian, it was my first appointment. I was a youth director there, and I was driving home from church, and if you're familiar with Meridian, you know there, there's a sort of the medical district there. There's Rush, there's Anderson, there's a, you know, the, a, sort of the medical community there, and I passed by all these hospitals every day on my way home. And there were two ambulances that I passed by. They didn't have their lights on, but they were trying to pull out as I was going down, I believe, 23rd Avenue to the, back to the parsonage. The driver of the ambulance had blown a, a, into a surgical glove, had blown the glove up. And... Uh, he, he contorted the glove into uh, a hand gesture that I, I, can't, I can't really describe to you, but you get, you, you, you get what I'm saying? And so he had that thing, and as I drove by, he did this. I'm like, and so that kind of stunned me. I'd never been accosted by an emergency medical personnel before, I was like, what did I do? You know, I mean, it's like you think, wow, you must be a really bad person to make some, you know, an ambulance driver mad. I was like, did I, should I have let him out? I mean, like, I couldn't sleep that night. And so it got to me, it got to me so much that as I, as I drove home, I actually got the number of the ambulance vehicle. Because, like, it's not like I was, I'm not a complainer, and I'm not really easily offended but I just wanted to know what I did to deserve that, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon driving home. So I called up the hospital and, you know, I talked to somebody. I was like, who drove ambulance number 174 Tuesday afternoon? And because uh, I, I took it personally, you know. So I called, but finally the person answered, hey, this is Bruce Case. I'm the pastor. And I, I drove by you um, and um, you had an interesting inflated surgical glove pointed at me. Do you remember? And like there was dead silence. And he said, oh my goodness. He said, I am, I am so, so very sorry. Uh, he said, if, if you'd been there a little earlier, um, you'd have known that I was, I was playing a joke on the ambulance behind me. And we were, we were bantering back and forth. And I was, I was doing that. I said, oh, well, thank the good Lord, I, I thought I'd done something wrong, you know, whatever. Um, but here's, here's the thing, here's why I shared that crazy ambulance story with, with uh, uh, I don't think I've ever shared that in public before. So, so it did good for, to my soul. But here's the deal, here's the deal, and here's what it has to do with Jesus' parable. I took that out of context. 
Like, had I known uh, that he was goofing around, you know, with other, I mean, that may not have been real professional behavior to tell you the truth. It's probably not good for, you know, uh, uh, it's probably not good, but I would not have been like, I would have known it wasn't me, right? Had I taken it in context, but I took it out of context because I did not know what had just happened beforehand between these two ambulances that were pulling out. Sometimes you can only understand what you just heard or saw if you know what came before it, if you get the context. And I'm telling you, uh, that's true all over Scripture, but especially a really difficult passage like the parable that Jesus shared. So what I found helpful was, is if, if you go back through it and see what happens in Luke 15 before Jesus tells this gem in Luke 16. Otherwise, what you heard or what you read won't make any sense. I think that's true, right, of this one. Uh, if we take this passage out of context, it's just confusing. And it almost sounds like at face value uh, that Jesus is telling us to be dishonest. It sounds like Jesus is encouraging us to be, have, do in, uh, uh, immoral financial dealings. Uh, we know that's not the case, but at face value, without context, it almost sounds like, well, cheat a little here, be a little dishonest there, and God will commend you for it. It's what it sounds like at first. But we'll only understand what Jesus is saying here if we remember what he said in Luke 15. What precedes this? It's, it's the all-time favorite parable. It's the prodigal son, or I like to call it the prodigal father, right? Prodigal means wasteful, right? We all know it. It's everybody's favorite, right? It's, it's this parable. It's a story of a dad, the head of a household who has some money. And a member of his household, his youngest son, wants his inheritance. So the head of the household gives some of his treasure to his son. And what does the son do with that treasure? Luke says he squandered it. Keyword: squandered it. He used it. In really dumb ways. He was, he was not responsible with it. He used it in immoral ways. And then having wasted the treasure, which uh, had been entrusted to him, he went home where the head of the household, his dad, reacted in a way that surprised people. His dad didn't punish him. His dad didn't make him sit. What, what did he do? He threw a party for him. And so there was a good ending even for the squanderer of the treasure that he'd been given. That's the story we hear at the end of chapter 15 before we get to this troubling parable that we heard Kelly read. And what happens in today's parable? At the beginning of the 16th chapter, it's a story of the head of another household, a master who's wealthy, who has some money, and he entrusts some of his treasure, his wealth, to a member of his household, his steward. And what does the steward do with that treasure? He misuses it. He acts a little shady. He cuts some accounts. In fact, Luke uses the same word here as he does in chapter 15. That is, he squanders the money. And once again, at the end of the story, the head of the household reacts in a way that surprises people. You would think he would say, I'm suing you. You better give back the money. You shouldn't have done that. You're a swindler. But 
the man actually commends him. I said, that's pretty smart. There's a good ending for the squander. And now, I hope you can see the, at least the similarities here that maybe help us get it in focus, uh, this uh, really odd parable that they sit right beside each other in the gospel. In both of these parables, I don't think Jesus is really causing us to focus mainly on the sin, sinful behavior of either of these squanderers that we heard about. Rather, I think Jesus wants us to focus on God and God's kingdom because these household parables, these household, these parables are about the kingdom of God and who God is, perhaps primarily. And in both of these parables, the head of the household, our God entrusts treasures to these people, and they're squandered. Our God entrusts to us the treasures of the kingdom. All of us. Every day. It's kind of like, y'all remember Groundhog Day? Bill Murray? Every day, every day, you're given a brain and a heart, feet to move your body. You're given passions. Every day, you and I, we, we get to choose whether to use it for the kingdom or to squander it. We can do either. And then we come home. And then we get to start over the next day scandalously almost, when on your worst day, God welcomes you back and picks you back up and says, let me give you some more and let's try this again. Oh, that's good news. On your worst day, on my worst day, on St. Luke's worst day, God doesn't say, I'm punishing you. I'm going to send a lightning bolt. God says, come on back. Let's figure out what we learned from this and let's start again. The good news is, is every day is Groundhog Day, but it's, it's, it's in a better sense than the movie. God continues to scandalously entrust you and me and us with the best things in life. Some days we get it right. Some days you wake up and your feet hit the floor and you are just the right person with just the right gifts at just the right time for somebody else. We may never know this until we're gathered around the throne. But some of you may have saved somebody's life and didn't even know it. Because that day you were paying attention. And that day the treasure went through you. And love went through you. And you didn't squander it. The point Jesus is making is, God knows full well that we make mistakes. Yet God keeps giving to us treasures of the kingdom and when we make mistakes God's reaction is never what you would expect let's start again let's throw a party okay that was pretty clever but let's try this one more time to be clear these parables don't mean it doesn't matter what you do or you can just be selfish all your life doesn't doesn't mean that rather the parables call us to remember the treasure God has placed in our hands what do you have that is uniquely given by God that God wants you to use for the kingdom? God's placed it in your hands. God has blessed you to be a blessing. God is so generous toward us. I think both of these parables have the same life-changing point. Think about the treasure God has put in your hands. Not just the tangible 
but the intangible treasures God has given you. And ask yourself every day, am I using it or am I squandering it? That's the question. God has trusted you with this thing called life. Are you squandering the gift or selfishness? Or are you serving others and becoming a blessing? We've been given a brain. Are you squandering your intelligence by pursuing only earthly wisdom? Only stuff that gets you ahead? Or are you using that to bless this community and world? God has given you the gift of your body. Are you squandering that gift? Are you using your body to serve, to feed your neighbor, to take some risks in this world, to lift someone's burden, to build a better world? What are you doing with the treasures you've been given? God's given you the gift of the heart. We squander that, that, that gift often. I know I do. I'm guilty of it. We squander that gift on emotions like anger and hate. And I hate to keep picking on social media and TV. But if we're consuming a lot of that media before 7 a.m. and after 7 p.m., they are feeding off your anger and, and, and your soul is just shrinking. Don't, don't give in. Don't, don't, let, don't let that tell you who you are. Let God's grace expand your soul. Forget about a peacock or a fox. Try out a lamb, how about? I'm not saying bury your head. I'm not saying don't worry about what's happening in the news. I'm just saying don't let somebody else do your thinking for you. You are a Christian. You are a son and daughter of the Most High. That's who tells us who we are. Because you know as well as I do, social media, they're trying, to, they're trying to make you buy soap in nice cars, okay? That's what they're trying to do. We be careful, right? What we consume, consumes us. Everybody, hook, line, and sinkers going that way, right? If the body of Christ is not able to get that hook out of its mouth, if we're not able to be defined by something greater than what's scrolling across the bottom of our screen, we have nothing to give this scared world. We just jump in and get scared right with it. So they've done, they've done uh, uh, studies, and they say that the more TV, the more media that you watch, the more fearful you are in this world. What are you doing with the treasure that you've been given? What about the time? I often wonder, and this is my own thing, and I, this kind of makes me feel guilty, and I'm not trying to heap any guilt on anybody, but I wonder if I prayed as much as I watched TV, how my prayer life would change. I wonder if I prayed as often as I worried how different my life may be. I wonder how many hours I've squandered staring at a screen and getting numb to the world. There's a different, there's, a, there's another alternative, says Jesus. Come follow me. Come to be defined by what I have done. Come follow me and be not afraid, he said over and over again. Come follow me and take the real treasure. It's not what you drive. It's not how big your bank account is. The power lies in the things you can't touch. Your passion. 
what God has called you to fall in love with, what you're good at that nobody else is good at, are you using that for the kingdom? Because tomorrow is Groundhog Day, and our feet are going to hit the floor tomorrow, and God is going to ask us, what you going to do now that I gave you another day on this earth? You going to let somebody else tell you who you are? Or are you going to remember that my water has made you whole and clean, and I've got a whole different agenda for you? God gives us the treasure, the gift of relationships. And sometimes we squander the gift when we take each other for, grant, for granted. God says, I've given you the people around you who love you through thick and thin. I've given you your friends. I've given you St. Luke's. Or if you're from another church, I gave you that church. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? God has entrusted to us the gift of time. Not Kronos time, but Kairos time. There's all the time in the world in God's, in God's hands. If you don't ask God, you know, what he wants you to do today and tomorrow, if, we, if we're not connected with God, we, we just might squander that gift. You get the idea. And every day... I spend lots of energy to do what needs to be done, right? I'm a little bit scattered at times. I know that's hard to believe, but I am at times. And I find that if I can get real linear at the first of the day and I draw those little boxes, I kind of have to think like a linear person, right? And so I just, whoosh, I check those boxes off. And almost every day, I answer all my emails, almost, almost. Almost every day I do that. I wonder though, almost every day am I searching the scriptures. Almost every day I answer back my texts. Almost every day. I wonder if almost every day I'm praying, God, what do you want to do with me in this moment? Almost every day I do my visits. I proofread the bulletin. I do the little things that need to be done with other people on the staff. I wonder if almost every day do I stop and say, God, thank you for the people you've given me in my life. You know, I'm not just talking about the individual. I'm also talking about us, the body of Christ, the church. What are we doing with the treasure that's been given to us? 102 years of treasure right here at St. Luke's. What would the people whose names are listed at the bottom of this stained glass be telling us right now, the saints, about what we need to be doing with our day? About the gift, the treasure that God has given us. At the end of today's parable, Jesus basically asks, if you can be energetic about your daily tasks, what would happen if you were equally energetic about doing the things that last eternally? That's the question. The parables of the prodigal son and the shady steward, that's what I like to call it, ultimately tell us the same story. It's the story of a God who's persistently generous, Toward his consistently imperfect children, you and I. God keeps entrusting the treasure of this life into our hands. He keeps giving us stuff, tangible, intangible, and asks tomorrow, will you use it to the glory of the kingdom? Will you use it 
to remind someone else that there is hope in this world and that fear and bad news never get the last word. Will you do that? Will you use my treasure for that? Sometimes, sometimes we do it, and sometimes we don't. If you're like me, Sundays are better than others. And yet on my best day and on my worst day, God still says, let's go kill the fatted calf. Let's have us a party. Because God somehow, someway, scandalously, will never give up on you, me, or us, no matter what. And that is scandalous. But I thank God for the scandal. God is good all the time, period. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the treasures that you've given us. We don't deserve it. We know we, we, know we don't earn it, and we know we often squander it. But for some reason, it never runs out, the most important things in life. Lord, help us to remember that we have much. We have all we need to respond to your good grace and do your will in this world. Help us, O oh God. And we pray more days than not, we're not squandering, but we're using it for your good purposes in this world. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, before we stand and sing,